For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Niners on the road again, E.D. That's all right. They have shown that they are road warriors. I'm not worried. The road again. Yeah, they started. They won their first two games on the road. They go back on the road in week seven. This is the Believe in 49ers podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. He is Super Bowl champion Eric Davis. I am Rashawn Haylock. Niners at Washington coming up this Sunday. And uh, that's going to be another one of those – Breakfast with the Niners games, ED. 10 a.m. kickoff, something that you said doesn't really matter one way or the other. Niners have already shown that they could they could, they can win those early kicks um, earlier this year with that win at, at, at Cincinnati. Um, you said it, 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 didn't, it didn't bother you. Actually, it, it, one the thing that you said that shocked me was the late games bothered you more. Yes. The night games bothered you more than 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 these early yes. these early kicks. Like early kicks, it, it doesn't matter. Yeah, you're right, because you can still stay into your routine. You get yeah. up, you know, you get up in the morning, you go play, and no big deal. And it doesn't matter if you are playing on East Coast time, if you're playing on uh, Pacific Standard time, Central time, it doesn't matter. At some point, they are going to kick the ball off. They're going to put you on a field that's, you know, 53 yards wide and 100 and so long and say play. And if you're better, you'll win. If you're better that day, you'll win the game. It, the rest of it doesn't matter. People, the teams that get into that all the time are teams that lose all the time. So here's the deal with Washington. Of course, they started 0-5, fired, they fired their coach, Jay Gruden. Well, that's what happens when you let certain guys quarterback for you. Some guys are, some guys are coach killers. <laughs> oh, you're going to follow up on that in a second. But – so they fired Jay Gruden. He went 0 5. Bill mm-hmm. Callahan, former former University of Nebraska head coach, mm-hmm. former Raiders head coach, uh, when they went to the Super Bowl against Jay's brother John, uh, coincidentally, um, he he took over as, as the interim. They played in the the winless bowl last week uh, against Miami, and they were able to get out of there with a a one point win. Yeah, ED. yeah. Uh, Landon Collins named your NFC defense player. I, I want I want of the that. week. I want that hour and a half. I want that hour of my life back from having to watch that film. <laughs> Yikes! Yikes! L- Landon oh. C- Collins coming off a big game. He had 10, 10 tackles in that one, a sack for his fumble, two two uh, PBUs. Um, quarterback carousel, right? Quarterback shuffle going on there. Uh, they they, yeah. they they drafted high. They drafted Dwayne Haskins. Um, the talk around there is he's not ready. He's not ready. The talk outside of there, where if he's not ready, then you got to develop him. There's, there obviously was some infighting there between the head coach and the front office in terms of of him being Haskins and his development. Uh, you got Case Keenum, and you got Colt McCoy. Uh, Colt McCoy came off an injury, um, and Gruden started him his last game. Uh, Keenum's been been in the mix as well. Um, what do we make of this team? Of Washington? What yeah, do you make I, of them? It, it They're sounds, horrible. It, it, it sounds They're hot like mess. They're, they're, they're dumpster fire. 
Yeah, that's it. Anything else I can say? So which one's the coach killer? Is it Keenum? Is it McCoy? Okay, it's Keenum. Both of them. They're both coach killers. But definitely Keenum. More so, more so um, Case Keenum than um, Colt McCoy. Every, I think coaches already know that Colt McCoy is not good enough to say that I'm going to give him the keys. You Gruden know, loved him you, for whatever reason. You, you know, Gruden, Gruden loved him. And uh, uh, see, this is what happened. He, Case Keenum, Colt McCoy, they're coach killers. I said, but Keenum more so than Colt. Why? Because he's a coach killer. Why? Because the coach is going to lose his job, believe in him. He's just talented enough to get you fired. He, he, he can make just enough plays to where you feel like, okay, if I just give this guy a chance, I can, I can believe in him. He can get it done for me, and he can't. He can't. And this is not personal. This is just his track record saying, ask Jeff Fisher. Jeff Fisher gave Case Keenum the keys to the offense, and then what happened? Your offense is horrible. You see yeah, what happened I mean, with Gruden? How, how much Gruden gave is, is Gruden Jeff gave, Fisher though. Uh, golf looked what, awful uh, under Fisher as golf well. Was all, golf was also a rookie. Hold on, golf was also a rookie who wasn't ready to play. And, and to, to Keenum's credit, he did come back and lead. Who what was it? Denver, Minnesota. Listen to he, what I said. Just enough talent, and you know what Zimmer said: "You're not getting me fired. You got to go." <laughs> He just enough talent to get you fired. That's what I'm saying. That's what a coach killer is, and 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 it happens at a lot of positions, the, the, where guys have just enough talent to where you you want to keep giving them a chance, but then they never ever get to that level. The issue is at the quarterback position; it will get you fired. You can't cover it up, and that's what. And there are a lot of guys that are that are that guy. Uh, uh, Fitzpatrick. He's one of Fitz, those guys. Magic. He's one of those guys. Just yeah. enough talent. He can come in. He's a smart guy. Case Keenum is that way. Smart guy will understand your offense. He, but he's not going to win enough. He'll have that one every three or four years. He'll have that season. Case had that season. Zimmer knew he had that season, and he let him go. Now Zimmer's problem is he went from one coach killer, and then he paid another coach killer eighty something million dollars. Guaranteed, when he guaranteed. had when he had a guy already in there, but he he didn't he didn't want to keep that guy because it wasn't his guy that he brought in. But he he should have kept that's that's a whole one. He should have kept Bridgewater. But that's that's what I mean by that. This guy is he, he's he's running that offense, looking at what's going on. They just have so many problems. You got to get a quarterback. Haskins may not be ready. You may not have the offensive guy that's going to come in and and be able to to teach to teach that guy, but. I, I, I'm not. Go, I'm not going to say Jeff Fisher was the reason why. And I know that's what you're trying to say. That Case Keenum couldn't play. That's not the reason why. Well, I'll say it. That, you Jeff, you, you Jeff don't have Fisher, to say it. I'll Jeff say Fisher it. wasn't the it. reason why. Case Keenum hasn't been able to play anywhere. He's had. He had. He had a good year. It, it's. It's so interesting at the quarterback position. Someone can have a good year, and all of a sudden they're viewed as a good player. But any. But other, it wasn't just Keenum. Like Nick Foles looked awful. Uh, Golf looked awful. Like Nick well, Foles, that's offensive coordinator. Nick, that wasn't Fisher. That's that's your offensive coordinator. Yeah, but a lot of the, but that's your offensive coordinator. That's uh, your quarterback coach. And now, now, granted, now those how are much the people, of that is Fisher though limiting it, it, what the OC can do? That's not that that's not his. That's not him. That's that's just the people he has on his staff. Now, fault Fisher, fault Fisher for not having a higher end QB coach, offensive coordinator. I'll put that on him because that's that's his job. You're the CEO, and you have to make certain that your management team is capable of doing the job that you need them to do. That, that's part of it. Fisher was a defensive-minded coach. At no point did the Rams have a bad defense when he was coaching. Think about it. 
that that's his specialty. So then they should be good on that side of the ball. If he was a horrible, horrible coach, then they would have had a bad defense too. They didn't. They, they didn't. They just had a bad offense. He was bad at selecting offensive um, coaches. Yeah. So that's that's what I that's where I that's where Fisher had his issues. That's that's what I think. Offensively, they had to do things in spite of him. Back to Washington and the Niners and going against Case Keenum. Case Keenum is not a threat. Colt McCoy is not a threat. If you believe that those guys are getting it done for you, they are going. There are just some guys who are coach killers. Jameis Winston, just talented enough. I mean, in, incredibly talented. Just talented enough to get you fired. His track record says so. He gets coaches fired. It's, it's already happened. And that's what I'm saying. That, that's what happened with – so, I mean, there are guys around the league. That's, that's just – it's a part of their resume. I'm, I, like I said, it's not personal. None of this stuff I say is personal. It's about what you put on film. And that's what I've seen. So that's, what I, that's what I've seen the guy – that's what I've seen the guy do. Uh, in addition to all the other madness they got going on, the whole Trent Williams fiasco uh, ha- has not reported, will not yeah, report. He will not report, um, yeah. The Browns th- earlier this week were linked to him. It, it was thought to be a done deal. At the time of this recording, it still has not happened. Um, just last week, Kyle Shanahan was asked about Trent Williams and, um, you know, per you know rules said he, he couldn't discuss it, but intimated that, you know, people have to be willing to talk. Seems like Washington's yeah. not willing, willing to talk or, or willing to play fair as it relates to uh, this Trent Williams thing. So you got that whole thing going on. And on he'll on, end up around. On the offensive line. <laughs> Everybody else does. I, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> that, that would be a huge, that would be a huge. Uh, don't be, don't be surprised. That, that would be, that would be a huge, a they'll huge give up, They'll for, give up their 2037 first rounder. They don't care. <laughs> Les does not care. Yeah, clearly, he, he, he doesn't care too much about, Les about is like the draft picks. Les is like, man, if, if I don't win now, I won't be around three, four years from now anyway. So why do I care if there are draft picks in the, in the cupboard? That's, he's like, I got to win now. That's how Les is looking at it. So we talked about Case being a, a, a coach killer, right? So let, let's, let's look at this defense of the Niners mm-hmm. and, and how it plays against Keenum. And this this Washington offense uh, on Sunday, um, I mean, we can't stop saying enough good things about the defensive line. Obviously, it starts up there with, with those guys. But how how do you see this thing playing out on Sunday? Uh, well, the Rams had early success uh, running the ball against the 49ers, and then they adjusted. Uh, you look at what Washington did this past Sunday against Miami. They actually gave the ball to um, AD. So. Who was a healthy scratch, by the way, week one. First time in his career that that happened, which mind-blowing to me. I had no idea how or why that would happen, but that just seemed to be the beginning of the end for Jay I can see why it would happen um, because – it it takes it away from – it takes it out of a coach's hands because you want to play a guy. So sometimes if – you you are obligated sometimes from upstairs – to play these certain players. You, you're going to start another player. But as that coach, you know that if this person is available, I'll use him. And, I, and, and that's how it is. When I, was, when I was released by the 49ers, I left the Niners, you know, went to the Panthers. Then, then a couple years later, we hired George Seifert. I was released by George Seifert. It was a, I was there a few years later. But when I was finally released by the, um, the Panthers, George Seifert called me over, and he told me that he was like, e, I, I got to let you go. 
He had drafted a corner in the first round. Um, he had drafted 17 pick. He had drafted, and then he had another guy, Jimmy um, Hitchcock, that he had brought in on a big free agent contract. And George told me, he said, E, I got to let you go, he said, because you're better than these guys. And he said, if you stay, I, I'm going to play you. And he was like, I can't play you. He, he was the GM. Wow. And he was like, I can't. He, he literally told me, he was like, I can't. He was like, I can't. I can't keep you here because. And he was like, I, I just, I just, I got to let you go. And the, this is the reason why. He explained it to me. So that's, that's what I'm saying. Just the things I've learned through the game and that I've lived through the game. So, so a healthy AD, it could be simply that we have to play this young guy. We want to play this young guy. And if I'm the coach and I got AD sitting there, you may, you may be tempted to put him in <laughs> if you know you got some downhill runs called. So back to this game. Expect them to early success. He was running the ball. I mean, the Rams were running the ball. I think they're going to try to run um, AD. I, I, I think you're going to try to hundred yard game last week. Yes, him. and I think you're going to try to see if you can do that. I think they're going to try to see if they can get a healthy dose of him running the ball, um, and see where that goes, and and try to control the clock some and play it that way, as opposed to putting with that defensive front. I'm not trying to put the ball in Case Keenum's hands. And the way the secondary is making plays, I mean, they're picking off balls. They're getting tipped balls. There are things happening. I'm not putting it in Case Keenum's hands. You know, that's it. Why would you do that? Try, try and see if you can get AD going. It worked for a win. So I would, I would imagine Callahan's going to do that. Yeah, it, 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 it baffled me back then. And, and you see the production AD has had and, and continues to have, you know, at, at his age. Another 100-yard game for him against the Dolphins, no less. But um, it was something that, that they – obviously they wanted to do. They gave him the ball 23 times. And, and so we'll see if he'll be able to have, you know, any sort of success against, against this defensive line. But um, when, when you look at – when you look at Case Keenum now, mm-hmm. if the ball's in his hands, if that running game isn't going, obviously that bodes well for this 49ers team. Um, well, yeah. Are, are you are you thinking this could get a little out of hand? Do I think this game? Well, you know, this is, the Niners have you have that emotion of the new coach going right now. Um, you, you have to go against that. You have to go against the team on the field. That didn't wear off after you the got, win last you got, week. You got uh, well, no, because these guys. When or because coach, they went, they wanted added to no, it. No, 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 because the coach got fired. When a coach gets fired, you realize that I could be next. You always play with that, but when you see it happen, when you see someone have to leave the building, you realize that the evaluation period has started already. So that's a real thing. It's a real thing. It's, it's, a, it's a real thing where you know that now training camp has basically started for the next season. They're not expecting to do anything this year. They're, they're not expecting all of a sudden to run off and win all of these games. Now, if they win three or four in a row, then you start to get that. Right now, I mean, you, when, you, when you start losing all those games, you start to it, – it, it snowballs. And you start to get that here we go again. So you're going to have that emotion. You're going to have that extra effort. And then on top of that, you, you're, you're going to have that – Guys, this is this is that we can turn our season around game because you're going against this. You're going against a good team. You're going against a team that's a litmus test for you. So you're gonna you're gonna have all of that. You're gonna have to combat with. Um, the Niners are way better. 
So, do, do you win this game? Yes. Again, this is a two-score game. Um, it's a bad team, so if they come out and they do anything wrong, that's where your blowout comes from. Early turnovers or something like that, then it, 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 they can blow them out. But I, I would expect that, that the emotion and the fear factor of a bad day, it can get you. Because there, there are coaches and, and uh, you know, <laughs> they're, 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 I, I, know of, I know of one coach that I will never forget. I will never forget where he, where he said he knew, he knew he was fired at the end of the year. And he said, but, but just know this, between now and then, I'm taking some of you with me. <laughs> <laughs> so so it, it's real. It's, it's, that's there. It's going to be there. Guys are going to have to deal with that type of that, – that emotion of it all. But you can also put them to sleep because of that. All right, let's go over to the offensive side of the ball. Yeah. Landon Collins, reigning NFC defensive player of the week. He, he, gets, he, gets all, he, he plays all over the place, right? He comes yeah. down in the box. He can hit you. Um, he, he can play in, in pass coverage as well. But I, I want to go back to this, run, this running game. And we talked about it a little bit earlier in the week uh, – Niners had 99 rushing yards at L.A. last week. Mm -hmm. And um, you said not that big of a deal. This is a Washington team that I feel like they should and could be able to run the ball against, right? If they end up with another 99-yard rushing performance, is that now cause for concern? How many times did they rush the ball last week? I know you know Mr. Statman. Let me know. How many Let times me did know. The, the Niners rushed the ball yes, last week? how many times did the Niners rush the ball last week? Niners, I know they threw it 35 times. They ran the ball 41 times. Okay. For 99 yards. Okay, no, look. look, look. Yards they ran the ball. But look at this. 41. That's a commitment to the running th- game. Thank I give you. you that. That is 41 times they ran the ball. If the Niners run the ball 41 times and you can get 100 yards, get, and the only reason I'm giving you, you know I don't like giving anything, but a quarterback sneak, you got 100 yards. Okay, you could have gotten 100 yards if you wanted to. You're fine. You're fine. If, if you're getting stuffed, I think there was a game like the Rams, I believe, up in Seattle, they ran the ball in the teens. That's when your run game is getting stuffed, and you, then you end up throwing the ball 40, 50 so 2. times. 2.4 yards per isn't getting stuffed? I'm not, I'm not worried. I'm not, it's, it's, it's more the commitment to it. You didn't need it. You're not always going – a team can line up and say, we are going to stop that. And if a team lines up and says, we are going to stop it, they are going to. If, if your commitment is to stopping that outside run, you're not going to let them do it. If your commitment is taking away – a Kittle, you're going to do it. If you decide we are not going to let Kittle beat us, now other things have to happen. They decided, even with your commitment to the run, 49ers, they, we are not going to allow you to beat us with the run. We're not going to give you the big ones. We're not going to let you pop them through. But by doing so, you're going to leave other things open. And that's what happened. They had opportunities to score all over the field. We saw that. So, no, I'm not worried about it. Worry about the run if you see them running the ball less than 20 times and throwing the ball 40, 50 times. That's when the run's not working. It's not always necessarily about the yards. It's about are you able to continue to do these things, make them have to stop it, make them key on it so that you can now run your play action. You have your run, you have your run action going. You have your openings down the field. 
but but if I run the ball 19, 20 times, I'm only averaging nine. If I run the ball 19, 20 times, I'm only averaging 2.4 yards per. I get to a point where I feel like it's not working. I just want to abandon the running game. Then that's where you get some of those games with those those low carry totals, right? So the only difference is colleges didn't do it. Well, no, you didn't do it because there there are a lot of different factors as as to why a run may not work, and and maybe you didn't get that big one. The same reason you have those factors that you get this big run down the field. Uh, it's because someone wasn't where they were supposed to be, or you got something perfectly blocked, and a guy read it and was able to make the cut and do it. Sometimes you leave yards on the field. You heard that term, and that happens. And running backs leave yards on the field. And, if, and, from, and from a coaching standpoint, if you're looking at your pictures and you're seeing what's going on and you're like, wait a minute, it's not them, it's us. Some, sometimes you go, oh, it's me. And you see, guys, my bad. Because, it, because there, there was another three or four yards there. There was, there was another uh, long run there. There, there, was one, there was one cut that you missed. That could have been the 20-yarder that changes that number. That's why that commitment stays. So, again, 99 yards. If, if, if Adrian Peterson gets 100 yards, you're like, that's a good day. That's a good day. We're talking about an individual. No, no, listen to me. If Adrian Peterson gets 100 yards, that's a good day. You're not going to say, did he carry the ball 10 times? Did he carry the ball 30 times? You're going to say he had a good day. So that's what I'm trying to get you to understand, that from an offense, if, if your running game is getting that 100 yards, if you are able to stay with it and get it done, then you're going to say, okay, we can stay with this. It's still allowing us to do what we want to do offensively. That's how you have to look at it. 20, 30 carries, yes. If AD carries about 40 times, 400 yards, and I'm like, uh, kind of have to work for that a little bit, you know? If, yes, yes, you had to work for it a little bit. You had to work for it a little bit, but you're still going to say that at the end of the day, he was able to get enough yardage to allow them to do what they, what they needed to do within that run, within that run game. That's, that's how I look at it. I'm, so, I'm, not, I'm, not afraid, I'm not afraid of that. So that once again takes us back to Jimmy G, right? Yes. You said they're going to take this run game away, right? They're going to, they're, I, they, I expect teams to do it, that te- now. Teams are, teams are going to try to do that. They're make Jimmy G beat us, right? Yes. Last week we saw him miss some throws. Then I saw some drops, we too. We saw some drops, too, yes. right? So it's not just on Jimmy G, but this passing game has to continue to evolve. Uh, if that's yes, going to and be it the is. Case. It is evolving. Jimmy, Jimmy G is making enough plays for them to win games. You know how I know? Because they're 5-0. and oh. Thank you. Thank you. I've had to answer that so many times. People keep saying, "Do you do you think that they that Jimmy can make enough plays to help them win? Do you think well, Jimmy I, is I capable? That on this podcast do, do you last think week. Jimmy is capable of, of of winning games for this team? Like he's thirteen and two as a starter. They're five and 0, five and zero right now. He's making enough plays for them to win. Does I, I think making enough plays for them to that's win. All you have to make and him winning games are two totally different things. All you that's no uh, no no it's not. I no, think so. Not. If he's not making plays, they don't if, win. If, if he if he's making enough plays for them to win, that just means he's not screwing it up. But if, if he needs to if he's if he needs to win a game for you, I think that's a totally different thing. He's because, done that because he's done now that. now it's on him. He's done that. He, the Pittsburgh game. He that's did a, it. That he did. So why are you questioning? So so why would you question? And everybody, listen. Why question whether or not? Why question? Can he do it? Because he's the done consistency. It. He's done it. He, he's guess what? He only had to do it once, and he did it. 
He hasn't had an opportunity to do it again. So stop worrying about will he be able to do something that you haven't seen. Stop worrying about ghost. That's what happens as a player. You can't sit there and worry about ghost and see ghost and worry about things that aren't there. Believe what you see. If I see him do it, then I know that he's capable of doing it. I'm not questioning whether Jimmy can make the play to win the game. I've seen him. I'm not questioning whether Dante Pettis can make the catch to win the game. I've seen it. Now, it's up to them to do it again if they need to. But that's what I mean about making the plays that you have to make. They've made those plays. You, I don't want to – everyone – I keep getting this. I was asked this this morning. Well, are they built to come from behind? You know, the way this offense is, I don't know if they're going to be able to – if they get way behind, are they going to be able to come back? Well, that's not how they play. <laughs> that's, this defense doesn't allow them to get way behind. So yeah. – why do I need to think up this worst case scenario situation and say, well, if all hell breaks loose and and the defensive coordinator forgets to show up and what? Kyle Shanahan benches Jimmy Garoppolo, then can the, can they win? I don't need to do that. Well, I think it's because, like you said, you know, everybody has that game, right? And maybe that game already happened against the Steelers with the five mm-hmm. turnovers, mm-hmm. you know, but – if there is another game down the road, then you find then you try to find a way. A good team, you find a way to. Then that's what I mean. You find a way to make enough plays to win the game. It's not a. It's not a question of you having to go out and throw for ten touchdowns or the defense get eight turnovers. It's that play. Can you find a way to make that play on that day? Because it comes down at some point. It comes down to a single play. And if you can make that play, there will be a game. If you can make that play, then you move on. This team has enough playmakers to where I think you can make that play. I've seen Jimmy. There are things that I don't, I don't think Jimmy has as strong as arm. I think Jimmy, he misses some throws. I think he's still growing. I think he throws balls because he's still, you know, it's, it's still on the coach. And the coach is still saying, this is what you're going to get in that situation. So let it fly as opposed to pulling it down. I was, I was watching Teddy Bridgewater this morning. I was watching their game against Jacksonville. And there were some plays in there where just the reads, you know, flea flickers and these reverses and some play actions where he'd set up and to go to throw the ball. And you can see where he was expecting the coverage to be in a certain spot. And it wasn't. And he'd pull it down and throw the check down. Or he'd throw it away as opposed to just throwing the ball in those situations. And, and I was like, that's – that's just the maturity of being under the center a little bit longer and seeing things. Jimmy's going to get there. But I'm not, I don't, I'm not questioning whether or not he can win a game uh, because I think he has an offensive coordinator that will put him in position to be able to be successful. Now joining us here on the Believe in 49ers podcast, this man needs no introduction. And we're humbled because he's our very first guest and this is our inaugural season of this podcast. 14-year veteran. Ten of those years were in the colors, as my man ED likes to say. Vernon Davis, current tight end for the Washington Redskins. Vernon, appreciate you taking the time, man. How's it going? Yeah, good to be here, man. Thanks for having me. No problem, man. Uh, first things first, uh, you got the Niners coming to town this weekend. Don't want you to break any news here, but uh, Niners fans still love you. Just want to know how you're feeling. How how, how are you doing from a health standpoint? I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. I was looking forward to playing the Niners because that was, you know, that was the team that drafted me and the team that 
gave me the platform and the opportunity to be able to uh, make something out of myself and I showed that I could play this game at a high level. So uh, it's an honor to be able to share the same field. Vernon, you're healthy, right? Because you concussion protocol. You're feeling, you're feeling good, right? Yeah, I feel pretty good. I'm in concussion oh. protocol, but I'm taking it day to day. But overall, I'm, just, I'm feeling pretty healthy. Okay, well, good. Since I know you're okay and your head's straight, I can ask you questions. You know me. I'm just going to jump right into it, man. What's the mood there since y'all got the coach fired? I think it's been good. Everybody, uh, everybody's walking around and it just uh, they 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 like what they what they're getting at the moment. Uh, of course, the camaraderie uh, that we've been able to build thus far has been good. There's been a lot made about just the culture there, right? How different is the 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 outside perception versus the reality you know what, what you what you guys are in right now uh, i think the culture the culture is great i mean it could always get better with, with any team you know it's just about the guys that you have in the building the coaching staff uh, the owners everybody everyone should begin together and making it something that we can all thrive in right uh, and making it a winning team a hard-working team but a winning team you know, this is the last – because I, when I talk to guys, I like to just get stuff outside of football. But this, this is the last football question I'm going to ask you because we, we a lot of attention has been given to the Niners team. Uh, everyone's been talking about the way this defense has played, and we and Rashawn and I talk about it a lot. But you are sitting mm-hmm. in a meeting room right now studying that defense. Uh, looking at these guys um, coming towards coming into this game, what do you think this Niners defense does best? I think they they're playing fast. They're playing they're playing fast. They're attacking the ball wherever they see the ball at. That's where they're going to be, and that's how you play this game, especially on this low, the highest level. You always hear coaches telling guys to fly around to the ball and attack the ball. You know, um, so uh, when you look at film, that's what you see. That's why you see a good defense. Hey, Vernon, you um, just just as an individual, I, we all know that this is the ultimate team sport. But you've had you. I mean, you you are DC native, Dunbar High School, uh, and you've already talked about your love. And I heard your your interview. How you said you know how your love you'll always have from the Niners. But I imagine there has to be a certain amount of love there for your hometown team. Um, compare walking out into Candlestick back in the day with those in those Niners colors. Um, with walking out into FedEx in in Washington colors, yeah, I, I, I think the love is equal because I, when you start leaving college and getting drafted to a team, especially a team with so much history, um, with Jerry Rainfield, Montana, even yourself, Eric, you guys um, uh, uh, led the way for us, for us younger guys, uh, the younger generation, generation to come. So, with that being said, there's nothing like being on that. Um, for the first time in my life, being drafted, doing something that I that I love, and a dream coming into fruition. So that was truly amazing. Something I wouldn't trade for anything. And then getting picked up by the Redskins, which is a team that I grew up rooting for, a team that I thought was going to take me when I got drafted, a team that I saw go to Super Bowls. Um, and team, my whole family, my entire family is rooted for. So to be able to play in front of friends and family back in my hometown, I'll also cherish for the rest of my life. Even though there's uh, getting drafted in front of my hometown team is totally different, but the same kind of love uh, and that feeling definitely uh, resonates within me. The 
the the fact that you are home though what, what are some of the pitfalls that come with that with, with being at home with playing at home um <laughs> staying staying at the club <laughs> all the all the homies want you to get tickets uh, <laughs> get, 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 give, give us the real burn how how, t- how tough is it to play at home? i'm sure i'm sure you're happy about it and excited you know the team you grew up rooting for but i mean there's, there's got to be some challenges that come along with that too right uh yeah, yeah. Uh, not, well, it wasn't a challenge if I was younger. Now, now, now that I'm older, I'm 35 now, so coming back here, um, being a lot older, I've seen a lot, I've done a lot. So a lot of things that I used to do, I don't do anymore. You know, I have three kids, I have a, I have a fiance, uh, I'm a businessman, entrepreneur, um, and, you know, I take football seriously so that I can go out there and try to be the best I can be, uh, not just football, but all around. So with that being said, it's just it's a, it's a lot different, you know. You learn over the years uh, to say no. My favorite word has become no. <laughs> so we know how that gets. Friends asking money and all that stuff. So you have to say no. Hey, Vernie, I, I like what you just said. You know, like you're older now. You've um, you've seen the game. You've seen it from a different perspective, um, I, and I'm sure you've learned along along the way. And, and you you are no triple A rated persons. I mean, I mean, you are you're an artist. You're an athlete. You're an actor. And the question I would always get is, if you couldn't play football, what would you be doing? What would be important? Well, you can play, and you are playing. So that's mm-hmm. we're not. Let's throw that out. What is the most important thing to Vernon Davis right now, moving forward? Mm-hmm. Uh, the most important thing to me right now is my faith, uh, philanthropy, football. I mean, that's, in that in that order, that's what I believe in. That's what I base my life on. That's what, that's what I surround my life my life around. Those uh, those points right there. What do you try to get the younger guys? in this game right now to, to really focus on, you know, there's a bargaining agreement coming up. Um, we know how social media and everything now is, is sort of looking at athletes in a certain light. What do you try to get these young players to see? You try to get them to be good, good guys, right? do the right thing. And, and, um, and be cognizant of, of doing the right thing and show love, you know, love, Love, doing right and showing love is the most important thing we can have. Having peace, uh, having joy, and being patient. All of those tangibles uh, can take you a long way. And it's very important to have that, especially as a young man, because the foundation that you lay out is more important than anything. You know what I mean? Because you're going to have to rely on that foundation later on when times are hard and you fight through adversity or when you're just not having a good day. You have to rely on those on those, uh, on those, those tangible um items that you have right there in front of you so that's that's my main uh those are some of my words to them my man quoting first corinthians i see you vd i see you big job (laughs) (laughs) bernard davis former great niner uh, tight end joining us here on the believe in 49ers podcast um you you talk about some of the 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 philanthropy philanthropy work that you're doing um i i want to get into to vernon davis the 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 actor um, I, I, how would you compare yourself, you know, as an actor to, you know, some of the other guys out here on on the big screen trying to get it done? I think right now I'm start, I'm pretty much starting from the beginning. But I've I've made some um, some good progress along the way. I have a there's a film coming out called Hell on the Border that I did recently back in February. About the first black deputy along the Mississippi Mississippi River named Bass Reeves. Um, I played a character in there called uh, Lawrence Johnson who was taking people from 
the South to Kansas. Uh, so that was that was a big role for me. So I look forward to that. But at the moment, I'm just grinding, man, like I did with football in the beginning, trying to be the best I can be. Yeah, I I saw you go through that grind, man. And um, you know, I, I I was talking about a few of the plays that you made, and and it's funny you've come a long way from from those days where you know Singletary was up there saying that he couldn't win with you. I I, I think you're a type place person that you could definitely win with. I saw how you changed all of that, and um, I love hearing what you're saying right now. I know you can't stay with us too much longer, man. But I, I my last question for you is something um, that is always interesting to me whenever I talk to guys because people assume – they always assume it's going to be the play that they see and they remember. But what is your your all-time favorite Vernon Davis football play that you've made? Can be at, any, at any point throughout your career. Probably a catch three. That was uh, – that play, when I was a kid, I would always have dreams about hitting the game one shot, whether it be football or basketball or just any sport. You just you, you just see it, but you can't really tell what that sport was. You know what I mean? You just you just know you did something special yeah. in that dream, and you can hear the crowd going wild. You see people chanting, uh, holding your 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 uh, jersey up and, and chanting your name. You can hear that those sounds and that and that that, that scene, the atmosphere. It's um, it all happened in a dream, and to be able to to bring it into fruition in real life is a moment that you'll always cherish and you'll never regret. So I would have to go back to that to that play and say that was my favorite play of all time because of what it meant and um, what I first saw. <laughs> dream. Which felt better, the dream or reality? I think reality is a lot better. <laughs> 14 years in, the man can still catch, can still run that 4-3-40, still getting past defenders. You can't still run a 4-3. Oh, of course he can, E.D. Oh, man. Now, I can run a, I, I can run a, four, a good 4-4, four, four, but I don't know about 4-3. Good 4-4. Four, four. Nah, four, four. he, he, he's, he's just being modest. Callahan earlier this week said he could. I'm, I'm going to take Callahan's word for it. Vernon, we appreciate the time. Great nighter that you are. Thank you for joining us here on the Believe in 49ers podcast. Hopefully we'll see you out oh, there thank Sunday. You guys. Appreciate you. Absolutely. You were doing the radio um, mm-hmm. during, during portions of his career there with the Niners. Um, what, what, give us a couple of your your uh, your top Vernon Davis moments. Oh wow! Um, and then we'll um, we'll get to all your tweets uh, a, a, after this. But what what a couple couple moments you have? Uh, well, Vernon. looking at um, Vernon Davis working after practice, uh, trying to learn how to catch. Vernon Vernon just couldn't catch. It was like he was trying to use the back of his hands. An incredible athlete. Uh, no, seriously. Like he was like using the back of his hands trying to close them together instead of the palms to hit the ball. Like he was just <laughs> like flippers. But I remember Vernon after practice every day before practice on that jug machine, just catching balls and guys throwing to him and working at his craft. So I, I remember those are the things that people don't see where a player is trying to make himself better. He's working, not not just settling on where he is. And, and he worked on doing it um, and getting getting better at it. So I, I re- that's something I vividly remember seeing him do. Um, 
I I remember sitting there watching him get thrown off the field by Mike Singletary. <laughs> um, I want winners. I, I remember that and him walking off. And the biggest thing about it is that I remember how he handled it. Um, it was embarrassing to him. He was embarrassed by it. Uh, it helped him become a better pro, I believe. He learned how to channel his emotion in the correct way and how to uh, understand. In that moment, I think he learned, well, ap- not in that moment, but after that, the, the things that transpired in that moment helped him understand the obligation he had to the rest of the team and the guys in his colors, how, how they depended on him, how it wasn't about him, how it was, but it wasn't. And he understood from that point on, and I think it made him a better pro. Um, Had you ever seen anything like that before? Um, I mean, I've seen guys get kicked off the field. I mean, I've seen guys get sent back, but you by know, it, like it, the it turned st- by the staff. It turned it turned into this thing. Yeah, I mean, I've seen guys. I you know, because normally you don't send a guy in. You just you know, I've, I've seen guys get benched because they did something. Uh, you screw something up. You blow a coverage, or you know, but but I. I that was the first time I'd seen somebody just get sent back to the, you know, to take a shower like that. You don't normally get that in football. You just make you stand around and suffer. <laughs> That's what coaches do. They make you stay there and suffer along with everybody else. Um, so, but that one, that one I remember. I remember, I, I remember um, the touchdown that he scored in the playoffs against the Saints. I will never forget that. Because uh, I was sitting there, and I, I was waiting for them. I was waiting for them to run that play. I could see it coming. The defense, the Saints were playing. And I knew they were going to play those two high safeties. And I was like, if Vernon, Vernon can get inside of, of Roman Harper right here, it's a touchdown. I was like, I knew it. And when I saw him come out in the formation, I was, sit, I was sitting there telling him in the commercial break, I was telling Ted, run this route, just run. And they did. And, and, and that one right there, I loved because I remember that moment. I remember how important that was to the fan base. Um, more importantly, I remember how important it was to the group of guys, how important that play was to the guys in that huddle because they had lost a lot, man. And that group of guys, you, you know, Patrick Willis and Frank Gore and Vernon Davis and um, uh, if Alex Smith, they had all come up and they had been losing. Yeah, and they they had never won in the colors, and they had never heard the crowd scream like that. It, it, it was a, it was a different feel and candlestick when you were winning those type games, man. And they had never felt that, and it felt so. Watching them win that game, and that's why I remember it so much. Watching them win that game felt better than any game I had ever won. Wow! Because I knew how how much those guys had gone through and how important it was to them. And to feel Frank and those guys win that and, and finally have that feeling to know what it was like and to feel that that particular love from Candlestick, it, it was nothing like it. And, and I wanted them to feel that, and it felt so good in that day. Uh, th- that one right there was a big one. And then my last one for Vernon, I will never forget when Cam – Newton, not Cam Newton, Cam Chancellor. When Cam Chancellor tried to knock his soul out of his body on a fade route down the sideline, Cam bodied him. 
and Vernon came to the sideline and said, I think something's wrong with me. <laughs> Cam's a big boy. Vernon said, I think something's wrong with me and came out of the game. I will I will never forget it. Cam hit him in his he hit him in his chest so hard. It, I'm telling you, his soul literally <laughs> left his body and floated out of the stadium somewhere in Seattle. It just floated away. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and I just rem- I remember afterwards them telling me, like, Vernon, Vernon came to the side, and that's what I was told, that he came to the side and said, something's wrong with me. <laughs> like, he knew something. He, he, he probably realized that his ghost was gone. <laughs> wow. Wow. Cam Cam was known for 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 lowering that boom. You talk about leading the boom. He was Man. he was the one bringing the boom. Cam Cam Chancellor was Cam was he literally he was dynamic. He was trying to catch cases up there, man. Yeah. He did he did not he he did not try and make friends at all. You talking about levying attacks? <laughs> oh, but man. yes, he did. I, I mean he. Yes, the, the I mean the ghost of football games passed. <laughs> he knocked it out of them. <laughs> oh man! Oh, now now time for some of your tweets. Yo. Uh, what we got? Uh, some 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 good good stuff there on on, on Vernon Davis. Um, shout out to Mike Andrews at Forty ers Mike underscore NFL for his support. Also. Uh, my man Jay Campos. Um, I don't really do the rock stars, but the pina coladas I'm down with. Of course, Ed uh, hasn't hasn't come along on that yet. Um, Your pina coladas. Hey, come on, man! Yikes. Look, the people love them. Get a glass the of pe- milk. The people love them. You did drink a glass of milk. Uh, some of these we talked about a little bit earlier in the week. Mm-hmm. Um, the impact of the Ramsey trade. We got we got into that a little bit. Um, uh, here's a tweet here from. Sean Anderson, uh, he wants to know how is Shanahan the most underrated coach in the NFL? How is he the most underrated coach? Well, I think. Do you, you think he's underrated? Um, first of all, I don't think he's underrated. I don't okay. think he's underrated. I think people. I think people realize now. You see what he's done. You think about um, what Washington's offense was doing when he was on that staff. Uh, you think about what Atlanta's offense did when he was on that staff, and where they are now. Okay. You look at um, what's happening with the 49ers. Yeah, two offensive coordinators I, later. I think I think that you are um, you now see that he is a more than efficient um, play caller. You see that he's he's an excellent football mind, and I, I think the league sees it now. I think people who pay attention to football know that. I don't think he's underrated. Um, you don't you don't get all the praise until you win. <laughs> you know that's that's just that's a part of it. You're gonna have to win big. He hasn't won big yet uh, as a head coach, so it's coming. Uh, last one here from at chance two hundred six. Um, how did your ninety four team handle rookies like Young and Floyd being in key roles on the squad? And do you see similarities with Bosa and Samuel, etc., on this year's squad? Uh, you know, earlier in the week I said uh, we were talking about how do you treat rookies. You, you expect them to play. You let them play. We did say that. When you come in. When, when you, you come you're in. You were hazing me here when on, you, on, in, in front of the nation. I wasn't hazing you at all. When, <laughs> when they come in, when they, come, when they came in, 
uh, they came in and were put in roles expected where they were expected to perform. All we did was let them know the standard, and that was it. You you know the standard, and and it's not going to be lowered for you. So the expectations were high. These were guys that come from that had come from places where they where they were accustomed to. Uh, pressure and high expectations so they just fit in and they just did their jobs and and that was it and and you soon learned that you didn't get a whole lot of pats on the back for doing your job you were expected to get the job done so once it just become it became a normal a part of it so these guys came in it didn't take long man you can see if a guy walks in the room he walks like a ball player he talks like a ball player he probably is and you go out on the field and they performed and and floyd and and baby boy, they just they put it down. Yeah. Uh, keep the tweets coming. He's at underscore Eric Davis underscore. I'm at R Haylock. We'll try to get to your tweets uh, throughout the course of the week. Um, we do two two podcasts a week, so get them to us, and we will certainly uh, certainly get to them. Appreciate, of course, all your 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 listening and your support. Make sure you subscribe rate and review we're located of course wherever you listen to podcasts or wherever you found us today as you're listening to this that's where we can be found so make sure you click that subscribe button give us a rating and a review um, appreciate all the love and support of this believe in 49ers podcast so it'll be niners at washington 10 a.m local time here in the great state of california and Niners, of course, will be looking to improve to 6-0. and They're 5-0 and right now for the first time since 1990. That year, they started the season 10-0. and You look mm-hmm. at the way the schedule is shaping out. Um, these next three games prior to getting to Monday night against against Seattle seem to be working out favorably well for them. But you got to crawl before you walk. Don't want to look ahead. Don't want to take anybody for granted. And first things first, got to handle this Washington squad. Just be uh, Washington. That's Sunday. all you got to do. Yeah, Just gotta, one this week. That's all. Handle them on Sunday. So, we'll see you next week. We'll break down this this Washington game and, of course, uh, get you ready for uh, week eight as well next week. This has been the Believe in 49ers podcast right here on the Believe Podcast Network. He's ED. I'm Rashawn. We'll see you next week. Peace. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants. They all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.